0: welcome to stat i'm telling you all medical true crime stories and it gets bizarre karen Wickham, yeah she used to work in the r and now she's sharing the knowledge so let's get involved hey funny and scary at the same time medical mysteries all facts she ain't lying (laughs) so tune in to stat if you dare because crazy things can happen anytime anywhere (laughs) yeah hello 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 everybody out there in podcast land welcome to stat shocking traumas and treatments coming to you from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I am your host, Karen Wickham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's episode is a new edition of Hardcore ER. So let's just get right into it. This story is one that I don't know if I'll ever be able to wrap my head around. It's one of those things that when you are working on working with or involved in that it almost seems surreal the day that this story took place i was working in a part of the department that included the isolation room the isolation room is only used for the following reasons if a person comes in with an infectious disease or a suspected infectious disease if a person is so immune compromised ...that they need to be protected from picking up anything in the ER that can make them even sicker. And sometimes the room is used because you need that private room, that private area away from everybody else... ...for various and specific reasons. And this is what it was used for this day. What's unique to the isolation room is that it has its own environment... You walk in and there's like an anteroom where you get all gowned up, gloved, and 95 mask, any protective gear that you may need. There's a separate sink. There's a separate disposal unit to put in those possibly infectious clothes or clothes that have been covered in some kind of infectious disease, among other things. When you enter the isolation room, it's got its own air, so to speak, It, its own air purifier that tries to keep that air separate from the rest of the hospital, the rest of the environment. And in essence, it does purify the air. The door is very heavy, and it almost has like a seal vacuum shut when you go in. At least that's the case in the area that I worked. Another important thing to know about this area is that it has its own monitoring equipment you can actually see what's going on in the monitors at a monitor at the nurse's station. So you can watch the patient very, very closely. So if they need to be closely monitored and you can't stay in the room with them or you want to reduce your visits in and out because it's an infectious area, you, you can see how they're doing on their vital signs. You can check their, you can do an ECG whenever you need to, or you feel is fit, that type of thing. So it's its own enclosed area, and at times it can be used as a trauma room or resuscitative room because it is so enclosed, and it's its own little entity of itself. We had a patient that had come in by ambulance. The story was, is that there was a fire in their apartment. When the firemen and the EMS arrived, they found that the fire had in fact, mostly been contained, and this is what they found when they walked in. It was a very, very old apartment, dilapidated. The occupants of this apartment were an elderly woman and her son. The son had some learning disabilities. He was in his 50s. These people were in terrible condition. This elderly woman had dementia and the son was in care of her. However, she had cared for him his whole life. When she was unable to care for herself, therefore him, it just became a very sad and bad situation. The son, he wore the same clothes day in and day out and he was incontinent. So he was soaked from head to toe in urine. When the woman was found, she was not necessarily unconscious, but not responsive to directions. If she was asked to lift her head, she wouldn't lift it. Though she would respond to a pain stimuli, like if you were moving her, her body was sore, she would wince, that type of thing, and she could manage her own airway. So anyway, when they walked into the apartment, it was absolutely Filthy, filthy, filthy. The one bedroom had two mattresses on the floor, one that the son slept in, one that she slept in. They were both very heavy smokers, heavy, heavy, heavy smokers. The room was, the walls were yellow with thick, sticky tar, nicotine, all the nasty stuff that comes off of cigarettes. They had just one or two dirty sheets and filthy pillows and the both their beds were soaked in urine and feces there was just old food filth cockroaches vermin all over the place her bed was the one that caught fire the son had managed to put it out but he woke to the smoke being in the room and the elderly woman had inhaled the smoke When she arrived to us, she had black soot around her nose and mouth, which obviously is an indicator that she inhaled the smoke. Very scary situation because how much damage has it done to her lungs and she needs immediate medical care. That's how she arrived to the hospital. Not able to communicate to us what happened, confused, responding only to painful stimuli and covered in layers of urine and feces soap clothing. It was important that we got immediate baseline vital signs. Of course, EMS had her on monitors the whole time, but we needed to get our own baseline. Her oxygen sats were quite low. They were in the high 70s and her Blood pressure was elevated and so was her pulse. It was in the 110, 120. So very, very, very concerning that she was in respiratory distress. Didn't want her to go into respiratory failure. We had to remove or start to remove her clothing so we can have access to her chest area to do the ECG to put all the stickers and then the leads that attach to the stickers on her chest. Also, we had to see the condition of her body. Did she have any burns? Did she have any sores, any wounds, etc. We had to cut her clothing off because most of it was, like I said, soaked. But not only that, some of it was embedded in her skin. Her skin color was... had brown, scaly patches all over it. Her skin had thick, almost alligator-like skin all over it. And that was from years of filth. Her fingernails were long. There was filth underneath them. So we proceeded to take and cut down her clothes and apply all the instrumentation. And as we moved down, we needed to assess her lower body and also put in a catheter so we can monitor her her intake and output of urine and fluids. When we got to that area, she had on pants and a skirt on top of it. We removed the skirt and had great difficulty removing the pants. Under the pants, she had nylons on. And they were disintegrating. Within the nylons, she had newspapers that had been pushed in all the way down to her feet. And they were also wedged in her buttocks and vaginal area. My suspicions is that they were there as a way to absorb the urine and feces. Much of this was stuck or embedded into her skin. We had to peel through layers upon layers of newspaper, filth, attached skin, just to get down to the actual layers of her skin. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. We were dressed up in full gear. We had a light hazmat suit on that covered our head, our feet, up to our wrists, uh, double-gloved mask, N95 mask, face shield. You could smell the cigarettes, the smoke, the smell from the condition of her body. It was terrible. And it was really hard to not gag not vomit I kept retching I tried to do it as quietly as I possibly could the nurse that had was working with me she would retch as well and I don't know about her well actually I do because I felt a lot of shame in caring for this woman yet retching at times while trying to take care of her I thought that you know how disrespectful of me is that though I couldn't control it I wasn't making loud, crazy noises, but tears were rolling down my face and trying to control it. It was also incredibly upsetting because... What happened? What happened to this woman? No human being should ever be in this condition. Should be neglected. Should be overlooked. In essence, thrown in a corner. Her son, there should have been some kind of follow-up because of his medical condition, because of her medical condition, to know what was going on. Who dropped the ball on this? So we spent about four hours in the room, gently peeling away the layers of years of neglect. She had sores in various spots of her body. She had different infections, as you can imagine to the skin and to her private area. And when we were done, she was clean. She had all the necessary medical things put in place, catheter, IV, hooked up to the monitors and started her on antibiotics. She was on oxygen different steroids different things she had her x-rays ordered blood work done and of course everything came back that she was in horrible condition it seemed that the smoke inhalation wasn't as severe as was once thought it could be it was years of smoking and poor living so yeah that's that's the story of this woman her her son would stop in to visit with her and his his smell was terrible. And when he would get up to leave the room, the seat would be soaked. We tried to encourage him to be admitted or not so much admitted, be seen in the ER so that we could maybe remove his clothes or help him make the decision to do that so that we could help him to get clean, have a shower, and be properly assessed. He's cognizant enough to refuse that, and he did. But we did put things into place so that investigations would be done to help better their life. When I finished that shift that day, I felt pride in doing the best job that I could for this woman. I felt shame in the fact that I had a hard time controlling my body, let's put it that way. And then incredible sadness and anger. The next day when I came on, she had been moved to a floor where she is to be taken care of. And she had been stable throughout the night, clearly, so that, you know, she could be moved. And I never heard anything more about her again. Never saw her, never saw the sun. And the only thing that I could hope and pray for is that they finally were going to get the services that they deserved. And yeah, the the whole department was incredibly sad about all of this because it doesn't just affect the nurse that's working directly with the patient. It affects everybody who's there. So that's today's Hardcore ER. (laughs) I'm not gonna say I hope you enjoyed it, because there's not much <laughs> to enjoy, but if anything it it helps us realize how good our lives are, especially in comparison to people that are left neglected, uncared for and almost disposed of. They're forgotten. So I'm gonna end this show by saying take care of each other, take care of yourself. Love one another, and most importantly, love yourself. Peace. One love. True crime and it gets none realer. Sometimes it'll be the cure that'll kill you. Gotta watch out, yeah, you gotta watch it back. Cause you don't wanna be another episode of STAT. Thank you for tuning in, learn a thing or two. These medical mysteries can be unbelievable, yeah. Subscribe, make sure you do that so you'll be tuned in and be ready for the next show, STAT.